Well, I um, am going to start out with a little children's story. You know, you can tell that I work with children a lot. I have four kids. I've heard a lot of stories. And um, I can actually remember this one from when I was a kid. I remember reading this one. And so it's about the little engine that could. So some of you may not have heard this story, so I'll, I'll tell it to you, all right? There was a little railroad engine who was employed about a station yard for such work as it was built for pulling a few cars on and off the switches. One morning, it was waiting for the next call when a long train of freight cars asked a large engine in the roundhouse to take it over the hill. I can't. That is too much a pull for me, said the great engine built for the hard work. Then the train asked another engine, and another, only to hear excuses and be refused. In desperation, the train asked the little switch engine to draw up the grade and down, uh, to draw it up the grade and down the other side. I think I can, puffed the little locomotive, and put itself in front of the great heavy train. As it went on, the little engine kept bravely puffing faster and faster. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. As it neared the top of the grade, which had so discouraged the larger ones, it went more slowly. However, it kept saying, I think I can. I think I can. And it reached the top by drawing on bravery and then went down the grade, congratulating, congratulating itself by saying, I thought I could, I thought I could. <laughs> so this is one of those stories, they made it, that was kind of like the original version and then they made it into children's stories and then they added stuffed animals on the train and all these different things as something that was used to help young children to understand that if you work hard and you're positive about stuff, you can do all sorts of things. Well, that is a truth, a godly truth, a godly principle. And so tonight, I want to share with you that um, we are who God says we are. You know, there's a song that we just have introduced to the church that says, I am who God says I am, I am who you say I am. And ever since we started practicing with it, I have to tell you, it just resonates all day long on the inside of me. Um, just, I am who God says I am. You know, a lot of us have had different voices in our heads tell us we're not who God says we are. In fact, there's been many times in our lives from the time that we were very little until today where there have been things. It could have been uh, somebody on the playground made fun of you. It could have been you auditioned for something 
and you didn't get the role. Somebody else was better. Or it could be that you didn't do well on a test. And so you began to think you're not smart. And so there are so many different things. It could be that you were in a marriage and things have been said that made you think you weren't who God says you are. Or it could be that the marriage didn't even make it. And it gets you to the point where you think you are not who God says you are. There could be family members that did not believe in you. And they let you know it. And it makes you think you are not who God says you are. And each and every one of us have had experiences in our life to where somebody is telling you or has told you that you are not measuring up, that you are not worthy, that there's something about you that's just not quite right. You know, look over there. Now that is someone that measures up. But you, you're kind of missing the mark, you know? There's so many things that can make us feel this way, that there, there's something that's not quite right about us. And if only that were right, then maybe God could use us. Or maybe this would have worked out better. Or maybe I could do this thing that I really want to do, but I can't do it because I'm just not good enough. I just, I can't do it. And so, all of a sudden, this potential that God has put on the inside of each and every one of us is being drowned out by all the voices in our head. And you know who will continue to remind us those voices? We have an enemy. <laughs> we have a devil that will continue to bring back those voices and remind us how, you remember how you failed there? You remember how you did bad on that test? Do you remember how they wouldn't want to play with you? How they had this party and you weren't invited? Do you remember? And, he, and the list just goes on and on and on, and he will replay it. Do you remember what so-and-so said to you? Well, you know, it wasn't nice, but it was the truth. Sorry, but it was the truth. And then you begin to think, well, you know, I mean, all of us know we're not perfect. <laughs> and we can dwell on that quite a bit. And we can begin to realize, I'm not perfect. So before you know it, you can throw your hands in the, in the air and just say, why even bother? Why even try? What difference is it going to make? God can use somebody else who is more qualified. And each and every one of us have had times in our life, experiences that we have to overcome those thoughts. We, God does not see us like that. God is so big that he saw ahead and had a special plan for each and every one of us. And guess what? He knew you weren't perfect. And he planned ahead anyways. <laughs> in spite of your imperfections, he said, 
give me your five loaves and your two fish and I'm going to multiply it. It is not up to us to be perfect, to be used of God, and to do great and mighty things. That We already alluded to this earlier. God is not in a competition system. You can do awesome, and I can do awesome, and we can all do awesome. He's not limited to, well, there's only three people that get to be up here, and then everybody else are, you know, you're, they're the nobodies, but, you know, you get to be used this much, and these three people are going to be used this much. That's not how God is looking at things. God is looking at each and every one of us and is saying, I made you. I created you. I have a purpose for you. You are who I say you are. You can do all things that I have put in your heart for you to do. You are capable. Isn't that awesome? Just to soak that in. I can do everything. Well, I'm older now. How can God use me now? He should have started using me when I was 20. You know what? He is a God that doesn't care about time. How do you know he hasn't been setting you up? What if you're in the right place at the right time, exactly where you're supposed to be right now? What if this is exactly? Because he already knew. He already knew what it was going to take for you to get to this place. He already saw ahead. He knew what you were going to have to overcome to get to this place. He saw ahead. He made the provision. He brought you. He crossed people across your life to be trying to input into you and tell you, you are worthy. He's been putting you, he's been bringing you to this place on purpose. What if you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now? What if you are in the perfect plan of God for your life right now? That doesn't mean that it's going to look like what it's going to look like in a year. But what if right now, this is exactly, God knows what he's doing and he is crafting. He is doing stuff behind the scenes because he knows what it's going to take to get you to do what you're supposed to do. This whole time, this whole time he's been working behind the scenes. He's been setting you up for success. This whole time, he's been setting your marriage up for success. This whole time, he's been setting you up in whatever situation you are in. This whole time, he's been getting you ready for marriage if you're not married. This whole time, he's been setting things up so that you will succeed and fulfill the plan of God that he has for you to do. You know, our faith isn't in us. It's not in our abilities. But at the same time, we don't put down our abilities. We give our abilities to God and say, Hey, God, here, take this. Use it as you will. 
and we begin to value and esteem what he has given us. You know, the beauty of marriage is you did not marry the same person as who you are. You know, that, that is actually a really good thing because you already have those strengths. And if you were having the same strengths as your spouse, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> You're duplicating. <laughs> and then it can become competitive. But no, you are different than your spouse on, on purpose. God did it on purpose. Because he said, you have weaknesses that this person's got strengths in. And together, you make a team. And you can be used of God. And you can be used mightily of him. And he is going to uh, balance where you are lacking. And then the wife is going to balance where the husband's lacking. And so a lot of times the devil will do his best to get in there and to begin to start letting you see the weakness of the other person and just say, hey, this person's not measuring up. Never mind that you're not perfect, but this person, if, if they were better, you would be better. You know? It is so easy, whether it's a relationship in a marriage or friendship or parents. You know, it, sometimes you still hear people that are older still concerned about what their parents did to them when they were younger. And, you know, you're now the parent. <laughs> or even the grandparent sometimes. Or even the great-grandparent. When does it end? Yes, something may have happened back here, but God is still putting stuff on the inside of you, and you're not limited to what happened to you because of what your parents did. That is not a limiting factor. That is something that he can use, and now, how do you overcome some of those things that may have been looked as, as a limit put on you? How do you overcome that? Believing what God said about you. It doesn't matter what so-and-so said. It doesn't matter what your spouse thinks. It doesn't matter what your best friend thinks. It doesn't matter what your worst enemy thinks about you. What matters is what God thinks about you. You are who he said you are. That is something to be able to stand up and, and hold your head high. Yeah, you're right. I'm not perfect. But you know what? God still is using me. He still found a way in my imperfection to use me and help me do what I'm called to do in spite of me. <laughs> you know, in spite, in spite of it. He's using me. Well, he's using so-and-so much more. Well, good. Thank God. It's part of his plan. Good. But he's not over. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. God has said who we are. He has declared it. He has said, this is what I want you to do. 
on, on the inside of each and every one of us. There's things, there's desires that he's put on the, on the inside. The devil is doing his best to say you're not worthy and it's never going to come to pass. How do we overcome that? By believing what he said. What does he say? You know, there's that Proverbs 23, 6 and 7, don't eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The part I want to emphasize is, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We have a choice. Are we going to believe and think in our heart what we've heard, the negative things that have been said? It's amazing to me, too, that a lot of times there, there can be a lot of positive that was said, too. But somehow we remember the negative. Have you ever noticed that? You know, somebody can tell you 25 times that they love you, and then one time in a fit of anger, they can say something really mean to you. And what do you remember? The fit of anger. <laughs> you don't remember the 25 times that they tell you that they loved you, you know, and how awesome you are. No, this is what you really meant. <laughs> this other stuff, you didn't mean it. It's all canceled because of this one thing that you said. No, you know, we have to fight against honing in on the words that would put us down. What does God think about us? What does he say about us? There's another one that says in John, Third uh, John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Did you know that a lot of times he is really okay to prosper you in a lot of things. But we can't get it into our head. There's many times like, you know, all of us have different things that, that uh, we limit ourselves in. We say, no, that wouldn't work. There may be an outfit that's really cool, but it's not on sale. You can't get it, right? Because it's not on sale. You have to buy the thing on sale because you know in two weeks it's going to be on sale. So it's stupid to pay full price, right? Even though this is the weekend that you need the outfit. But you can't buy it because it's not on sale. How, I'm telling you, sometimes I, I have to get over that. <laughs> there are times where I'm like, I just... But this is the weekend I have, and that looked so good. But, you know, it's not on sale. God really doesn't care if it was on sale or not. So it's kind of me that's having to get over this thing in my head. And, and all of us probably have something that as our soul prospers, we can walk in. You know, there are, there, we can limit ourselves in so many ways because of the voices that we've heard all our life. And so we limit. We say, God, I know that's what your word says, but I, I can't see it in my life. I don't know how it, can, how it can happen in me. And that is our soul at a certain point. How do we change our soul? How, do we, how does our soul begin to prosper? It 
becomes, it prospers as we believe what God says about us, what he thinks about us. That is how our soul begins to prosper. That's how we begin to grow. That's how we can begin to see things. Look, if he has a mansion for you in heaven, why does he think you need to live in a trailer park on earth? And I'm not saying that to put anything down on any, I'm just saying some of this are, some of these things are limitations that we put on ourselves because this is how we can see. So how do we overcome those kind of thoughts? What does the Bible say? Do we believe that Malachi 3.10, that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it? That, I mean, that takes, especially if you've been told that you're never going to amount to anything. What? How can I amount to having something more than what I've got? I thought I was doing really well just to get this. So we can limit ourselves by how we have the, th the voices in our head. And, and the devil's been trying since we were born to make us believe and limit ourselves. He has purposefully set up situations that would cause us to feel inferior. He has purposefully made things happen. You know, it's so amazing. It, it happens younger and younger. Girls, you know, I'm fat. And there's not an ounce of fat on them. But they all start talking in grade school about how fat they are. It's already beginning to be put into them thoughts of how they're not good, how something is wrong with them. My nose is too big. My ears are too big. I have, my, my big toe is too big. What? Who's even, who looked at your big toe? Who cares about your big toe? And yet girls from such a young age begin comparing with the girl next to them. And they begin to say what's imperfect about them. Well, you know, then you have to one-up them. Well, that's not so bad. This about me is really imperfect. <laughs> and you begin to start having this image of yourself. There are women that are just beyond beautiful that have a low self-esteem, and you're like, how? How, how? how does this work? I mean, you're perfect. How can you think you're not perfect? And yet they're comparing this one tiny little freckle that they have. And you're like, because somebody else didn't have that freckle. And you're like, what are you talking? Where is that freckle? I can't even see it. Well, I can. It's right here and it's enormous. And you're like, can I have a magnifying glass to see that? You know, it starts so young to limit us, to try to make us feel like there is something wrong with us. Not everybody gets to be the valedictorian of a class. And yet, some people, because they're number two or number three or number 10 or in the top 10%, they're not smart because they didn't get into Harvard. Or they didn't get, there's such this thing that they're brilliant. And yet, because something limited them, they feel like they're inadequate. 
that that means there's something wrong with them. But that's not how God saw them. That's not what God says about them. That's not what God thinks at all. And yet, from such a young age, thoughts have been being put into us, trying to limit us. So we take those limits off. Our soul begins to prosper as we begin to say what he says about us, as we begin to declare what he says about us. I am what he says I am. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Does it really matter what somebody else says about you? If God is for you, if what he says is you're going to win, doesn't matter that everybody else says, loser. That's a high school thing. I'm finding out all these different jargons. <laughs> I think that's winner. I don't know. Am I wrong? I missed it. Okay. Anyways, there's different lingo things that they do now. Oh, this. That's winner? Okay. Okay. I messed up. Winner. Loser. <laughs> that's why I work with the teenagers. Because, you know, I have to stay young at heart. I have to keep up with stuff, you know? Anyways, the devil's trying to make you feel like the loser. God is saying you're the winner. And we have to side in with him. We have to continually force ourselves to put down those thoughts that would tell us that we're not going to make it. So I'm going to just go through... I have a lot of scriptures, and we don't have time to go over them, but God says a lot of things about us. You know what? He says love never fails. If you're in a marriage where it feels like it's failing, God says love never fails, but you just don't know how much he's hurt me or she's hurt me. The Bible says, love never fails. Love never fails. Love believes the best. Sometimes those things that those people said, they really didn't mean it. They were just mad. Sometimes the things that they said, it was, if you had said it, it may have meant something, but they really didn't mean it that way. Love never fails. Love believes the best. You know what? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You probably had a really bad day, and that's why you're so mean and ugly right now. So I'm going to let you be mean and ugly, and I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to let you be all mean and ugly by yourself. In fact, here, do you want a paper? <laughs> do you want that couch? <laughs> you want a cup of coffee? Maybe um, something to help you go to sleep? No. <laughs> Whatever. Have, have mercy. Because there's going to be days that we have to have mercy on us. You know, there's just days. But, now, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 28. Uh, let's 
Start at verse 2, Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. When we live for God and we choose to do things for him and be a part of his kingdom, this is what he says about us. It says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You know what the devil's going to tell you? You didn't obey it perfectly, so this doesn't count. You, you just disqualified yourself. But you know what God says? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So, you, these blessings are going to come over you and overtake you. So let's look at verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Let's just say this. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. You can say it. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. Let's go to the next one. The fruit of my body is blessed. Can you say that? The fruit of my body is blessed. That means the fruit that may already be born. That means the fruit that may not be born, but the fruit of my body is blessed. That means my children are blessed. Amen. The fruit of my body is blessed. The produce of my ground and the increase of my herds is blessed. What I, my work is blessed. We don't necessarily garden and have cows, but we do work. Our work is blessed. So let's say that. My work is blessed. All right, let's skip to verse uh, 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. I am blessed when I come in, and I am blessed when I go out. Let's say that. I am blessed when I go in, and I am blessed when I go out. No matter where you go, you go into a restaurant. You're blessed going into that restaurant. You're blessed leaving that restaurant. You're blessed going into work. You're blessed leaving work. You're blessed going to the grocery store. You're blessed going out of the grocery store. Everywhere you go, you are blessed. Uh, let's look at verse 7. This is awesome. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. So it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do. They have, their words are not, do not have any power over you in any way, shape, or form. You're, it doesn't matter what people say. They, those words are defeated because of what Jesus has done. Anyone that tries to come up against you in the workplace and tries to make you lose your job, tries to make your work difficult, you know what? It says they're messing with the wrong person. <laughs> they're messing with the wrong person because God is behind you. Who's behind them is not as big as God. Who's behind you is awesome. 
And so you just automatically are going to win because you have God and the power of God Almighty. And so we act like it. Don't go in and just be like, oh, you know, I'm just so, I'm, you know, it's just such an honor you guys have me, you know, I'm not worthy to be here. No, you guys are blessed because I'm here. And I just, you know, you don't have to tell them that, but you just have that confidence when you go in and you expect to succeed. You expect to do well. And you don't do a half job when you're doing it. You give it your best because you know what? You got God at your back. And so you're doing it and you're doing it awesome. And you are being blessed. All right, um, let's look at verse eight. Again, another storehouse blessing. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So God blesses what I put my hands to. Can you say that? God blesses what I put my hands to. Isn't that awesome? God blesses what I put my hands to. He's just grateful that we're putting our hands to something. And he's blessing it, and he's multiplying it. And it is an opportunity for him to shine. All right, let's look at... Uh, Verse 13. I love this. I used to say this all the time. Verse 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command today, command you today. So I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Let's say that. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I mean, anywhere you go, you should be holding your head up high. There is no reason for you to feel like you're a second-rate citizen. There is no reason for that to ever come in your mind because you know what? God says you're not. He says you're the head. He says you're awesome. He's believing in you, and he's backing you, and he's got you. And if he's got you, who can be against you? Who can stop the moving of God Almighty? No one. No one can stop the moving of God Almighty unless we agree with them. Who are we going to agree with? What God says that we are? or what everybody else that has ever said a negative word about us. We choose. I believe I am who God says I am. And you know what? I cancel out all the voices in my head that would try to tell me different. I don't care how many people have tried to tell me that this isn't going to work. It is going to work because God's got my back. Because God is for me. And if God is for me, who, who can be against me? In a marriage, if God is for you, it doesn't matter if your husband's against you. It doesn't matter. If your wife is against you, it doesn't matter. 
Because God is for you. And if you are going to God, who's got your back? Him. He's got your back. And he is fighting for you. Marriage is a fight. If you just lay down and quit, guess what? You're defeated. But if you fight, guess what happens? You win. Because who's got your back? God. He's got your back. And as we do things his way and follow and believe what he says about us, it doesn't matter what somebody else says about us, even if it's our spouse. We don't care. Because that's not what God thinks of me. God thinks I'm special, and he thinks I'm great, and he thinks I'm wonderful, and he says I'm a winner, I'm not a loser. And as we, whatever the relationship is, as we walk in that, we are believing. Our soul is prospering. And as our soul prospers, everything else prospers around us. And that relationship prospers. You will be amazed that if you give God the five loaves and the two fish, he's going to multiply it. Somebody can be crazy all by themselves, but he's working on them. God's working on them. Our faith is not in men. Our faith is in the power of God. That God said, love never fails. So if I'm doing my part to walk in love, love never fails. Love never fails. It never fails. I am who God says I am. And if he says he's for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? It doesn't matter. Even if it's a spouse, it doesn't matter. Who can be against me if he is for me? He is for all of us. So this week, I want to encourage you to say what God says about you. You are who he says you are. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are blessed going in. You are blessed going out. The windows of heaven are opened, pouring out a blessing on you that there's not room enough to receive it. Your body, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. What are you going to listen to, the symptoms or what the Word of God says? What, what has more authority? If we will agree with what God says about us, our soul prospers. And the Bible says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? Agreeing with what God says. What does God say about you? By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Oh, but I don't feel healed. Uh, where is that in the Bible? Where, where is that in the Bible? By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Means that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. There is no but. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. If that's the only scripture you know, you can be healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. 
just that alone. That's enough to build faith on, to believe that's what God says about me. That's what he thinks.